0: From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. For people who require insulin for diabetes, treatment has involved painful injections. The future may hold an alternative. Here to tell us about it is Dr. Ramachandra Naik. He's a professor of endocrinology, diabetes, and metabolism, and the assistant dean for translational and clinical research programs at Upstate. Thank you for being here, Dr. Naik. Yeah, thank you for having me. We take pills for so many other diseases. Why hasn't there been a pill for diabetes? Oh, there are pills for diabetes, of course, but not not insulin. insulin.
1: Yeah, exactly. You are absolutely right. Because um, let me take a step back and tell the, if you go back to the history of diabetes therapy started in 1920s with insulin was the first treatment discovered for diabetes and it is an injectable formulation. Then came a couple oral tablets in 50s and 60s. And really speaking from 2006 till today, there has been a surge of both oral and injectable non-insulin and refined insulin preparations being available for treating uh, type 2 diabetes. But to answer your question, insulin is a protein. It's called polypeptide. And whenever any polypeptide substances are administered by mouth, the gastric acid disintegrates and breaks them down. So they cannot get absorbed and reach the bloodstream. That's been a major hindrance for
0: giving insulin in the oral formulation all these years. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. But there's something on the horizon that maybe gets past that? Yes. I think
1: uh, we are conducting a clinical trial where we just completed our recruitment Uh, for oral insulin formulation. Just to put the things in perspective, a couple of big pharmaceutical companies in the recent years had tried and it did not succeed. But this formulation that we are currently testing in the clinical trials seems promising and seems to overcome some of the barriers that uh, were encountered by the previous oral formulation. So what this company called Oramed based in Israel and headquartered in New York in the US, what they are doing is they are encapsulating insulin uh, and that encapsulation prevents its disintegration in the acidic environment of the gastric or the stomach stomach, uh, cavity and it goes into the intestine and then it disintegrates in a slow fashion. So basically the excipient as what we call that is added prevents one A breakdown of the insulin in the stomach in the acidic environment and number two it helps in absorption of the insulin from the intestine into the blood circulation and the initial results have shown promise in terms of efficacy and safety in both type 2 and type 1
0: diabetes patient population. So there's some sort of a container or capsule that they've come up with that's immune to the gastric juices. That's correct. They call it as what we call in medical parlor as enteric coated. That means it
1: prevents uh, disintegration of this formulation by the gastric enzymes, and then it goes into the intestine and then it gets Uh, what we call by process of translocation, goes through the gut cavity, uh, the wall, and then gets into the blood circulation. It reaches liver and then into the other organ system
0: from there on. So it probably doesn't work as quickly as an injectable insulin because it's not directly into the bloodstream immediately. It's a good
1: question. That's what we are testing because it does work, I would say, very close to a short-acting insulin and between a long-acting insulin, somewhere in that ballpark. So we are still testing that. That's the reason the trial that we currently are undertaking tests this formulation once a day, twice a day, and thrice a day, and in three different doses. So the company is trying to figure out what would be the right dose and what should be the frequency of administration to most to make it
0: most effective in, in terms of treating uh, diabetes. So this is a big national study and Upstate's involved in it. Can you tell me a little bit how that works? Oh yeah, absolutely. And this
1: is uh, a study conducted, I think in approximately 13 states and about 35 to 40 research centers across the country. And we at Upstate Diabetes Endocrinology Division are one of them. I am the principal investigator for this site. And in total, for this, what they call as a phase 2B study, which is a dose finding study in addition to proving the safety and efficacy, uh, the company has recruited approximately 250 to 300 study subjects of type 2 diabetes across the country and we are participating in that. And uh, it is very likely that uh, the study will be expanded uh, to include more treatment arms uh, and we are we have been selected upstate as one of the centers to
0: conduct the future studies as well. So some of our patients are involved in these studies. And right now, if I heard you correctly, it's for people with type 2 diabetes. Is this a medication that might be used for type 1 diabetics? Uh, eventually,
1: we hope uh, yes, because uh, like any other new drug, uh, we need to first establish how potent this is oral formulation is uh, compared to the existing oral drugs and also insulin per se. And if we demonstrate the efficacy comparable to that of insulin and it's as safe as uh, the existing medications, it could as a next step be tried and uh, get approved possibly for type 1 diabetes as well. Uh, Right now, again, the stage of development we are in, I would see the company would require to conduct a much bigger, larger scale studies, both in type 2 and type 1 diabetes, before they can submit the product to the regulatory authorities for an approval, which will be
0: probably, I would say, two to four years from today at least. Well, then let's focus on type 2 diabetes. Now, that's the one that more people have type 2 than type 1, right? Yes.
1: I mean, among the 30 million people in America who have got diabetes, I would say 90% of them have type 2 and that's been a major problem, not just in the United States, but globally. We have 425 million people across the world having type 2 diabetes. And this number, unfortunately, is going to exceed
0: uh, to more than 600 million in the next several years. And is that, remind me again, the pancreas is not making insulin effectively? Yes, that's one of the components. But the other component is what is called as insulin resistance.
1: The insulin that's produced is not working effectively on the body tissues. And on top of that, there is a progressive decrease in the insulin production capacity from the
0: pancreas. You mentioned that we're in a phase two trial. Can you kind of walk me through the stages of development?
1: Yeah, for the, the, st- the drug development is a very process and regulatory driven scenario. And every new drug that needs an approval by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration or the corresponding regulatory agencies in the respective countries has to go through uh, three major phases. Phase one is to demonstrate that it is safe. It can be administered to initially to healthy, normal volunteers and a small number of disease population subjects. So and we
0: know f- on this particular drug, that's past that. That's already that, past. We are past
1: that, exactly. Okay. And phase two is a stage where we identify and demonstrate an increased safety, continued demonstration of safety and efficacy and identify what would be the right dose that is more likely to be on the market. So making sure it works and how much is needed for for it to work. Absolutely. And then we go on to a phase three, which is a multi-center trial randomized in hundreds and thousands of patients depending on what the product is. There are different regulatory requirements uh, for the phase 3 program and that's going to be what we call as a regulatory approval studies or pivotal studies or registration enabling studies in different terminologies are used for that and that's the data package that the companies would take to the FDA to discuss and get an approval. And then of course, once the drug is on the market, they conduct what's called as a phase four or post-approval studies to facilitate commercialization or even these days there has been a lot of emphasis on what we call real world evidence generation studies. It's not just the story doesn't end just getting it approved and get it on the market, but eventually we need to demonstrate continued safety and efficacy in a larger population in a day-to-day use when it is being prescribed in a standard of care setting.
0: Good. You're listening to Upstate's Health Link on air. I'm your host Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Dr. Ramachandra Naik, a professor of Endocrinology, Diabetes, and Metabolism at Upstate, about the prospects for a new oral insulin for people with diabetes. Now, insulin is not the only medication that people with diabetes have to take. So, would the use of oral insulin change the rest of the medicines? Would it change the way they take them? And Yes, it's a good question and uh, we hope it will because one of the major
1: limitations that we see with insulin, I mean insulin treatment has gone through significant advances and refinements in terms of the type of insulin, the duration of action of insulins and even the way the insulin is administered in the form of a very uh, highly sophisticated pen devices which are virtually painless. But despite all that, there is always a mental barrier and inertia in the minds of patients not to inject they have some kind of a needle phobia or the the physicians they delay initiating insulin as a last resort in the what we call as therapeutic armamentorium, the therapeutic options that we have to treat diabetes they try to use insulin at a much later stage in the disease which is not uh, good from the medical perspective sooner we initiate insulin therapy for diabetes patients better it is so by giving insulin, if this trial is successful and if this were to be on the market, in the oral formulation would be a major advance to use the insulin preparation much earlier in the natural history of disease. That would be a major benefit
0: to the patients. So right now, if someone is newly diagnosed with diabetes, the patient themselves may be the one that's saying, I really don't want to inject myself with insulin. Can we try some other things? And the doctor may prescribe different things yeah that is true i mean i'm talking purely in the context of type 2 because type 1 there is no question
1: of there is no discussion right. it's everybody has to be on insulin but type 2s we use a pro- drug called metformin which is a time tested foundi- foundation of treatment i would say a founding stone of diabetes therapy and on top of that you build adding second drug and third drug depending on what is patient's clinical scenario what's the risk of uh, low blood sugar propensity, what's his age, what's his kidney status, uh, what is the risk of uh, he putting on weight or whether or not he would like to lose weight. So all these things and most importantly these days an emphasis is given on whether or not the drug is helpful in people with established cardiovascular disease or whether it helps in reducing the cardiovascular risk. All those will determine which will be the second and third drug to add. And insulin, there is no such discussion uh, for whatever reason because insulin is physiological. It always works. There is no dose limit. It it has no side effect other than low blood sugar. And very rarely we see allergic reaction to insulin, but it's very, very minuscule. So if the same insulin can be administered in the same safe and effective way orally, this would probably move high up in the order of medications to be used in the treatment of type 2 diabetes.
0: So it sounds like it would be a A better option for people if they if it certainly would be a better option. Yes, and do I hear you correctly that I mean it could be life altering? It could be because you wouldn't have to do the injections. Absolutely, if they don't have to take injection and if they can take the oral formulation, it could be a game changing uh, therapeutic option. Well, that's exciting. Now, the headlines recently um, have reported on soaring insulin prices. Why are the prices of insulin rising so much?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a very complex topic. I mean, this it, it's very hard to address in a short uh, a period. It itself is a topic of a different, uh, altogether a, a, a separate discussion by itself. But at a high level, what I can say is a lot of these insulin formulations that uh, came in the market, they were reaching the end of their patent life. Uh, they were going through patent expiration. I think it began in 2015 and by 2016, 17 and 18. A lot of the Insulin formulations that were innovative and first or best-in-class formulations—they went through patent expiration. So and when then a, the, yeah. let me
0: let me just when a patent expires, a drug company no longer holds the exclusive. They right cannot to have make the exclusive it. right. They okay. cannot have the premium pricing. Then there could be a generic alternative. So today we
1: have got generic alternatives to most of the insulin. So just before the patent expiration, unfortunately, the pharmaceutical industry tried to, and the the most they could and probably that was one of the driving forces but again that could be one of the reasons but that may not be the only reason and a lot of times we run into the situations in the clinic where a particular insulin is covered by one insurance company the other one is covered by a different insurance the co-pays are different so it's a very complex
0: topic to understand but this is the very high level answer to your question. Okay, yeah. Do you think, or can you speculate if an oral <laughs> insulin would cost more or less or would it? It's very hard to speculate at this too early in the game to
1: speculate because we are only in phase two. The company has to conduct much larger scale trial, get an approval, and then once we know what's its final efficacy and safety uh, with respect to the existing formulations, uh, then probably we would know the price, but it's entirely a decision by the company where they want to position it in terms of pricing. But we sincerely hope that since this innovative treatment, if it were to be successful and were to come onto the market, it should be beneficial for the majority of people suffering from diabetes. And I'm, we all, medical community, are sincerely hoping that the pricing would be very competitive uh, with other oral formulations that are currently on the market.
0: Well, thanks so much for being here and sharing this exciting information. Uh, thank you, Amber, once again. My guest has been Upstate Endocrinologist Dr. Ramachandra Naik. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.